welcome to this week's Serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name's Kate. Hi, how's it going? I'm pretty good, Kate. How are you? I'm doing just fine. A bit tired, but we're getting through. I feel like I say we're tired every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are getting a bit older. Kate had a birthday in this past week. Oh, yeah. Turned a fucking 23. Yep. Just tell you special about 23. Nothing. Nobody likes you when you're 23. What? Nobody likes you when you're 23. So, this week, we are going to talk about Galaxy's Edge because I feel like that's all anyone within the Disney fandom has been talking about, paying attention to. Everything has been... <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and I kind of just couldn't get my mind off it. Oh, mate. I like, spent my entire weekend looking up stuff. I know that we're, like, doing our, like, trip planning, best things to do, best time to go, you know, before you go Disneyland Paris thing. Yeah. But like, I just couldn't keep my head straight. I was like, but what about Galaxy's Edge, though? Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, watching videos, and I was like, ah, you know what? Let's just bite the bullet, and let's just talk about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So, but before we get to Galaxy's Edge, we obviously have to go through the news. <laughs> To start with, we have the June pins, which came out last week. Um, but as you know, we always usually miss like the first release anyway, just because of the time that we record. So we'll start with the first of June, which was stuff already gone. But this pin did look really cool because I saw it on loads of people's Instagrams. And it was the Jumbo Rainbow flag pin for Pride. It was 50 euro. And it was limited to 400 Very expensive. Yeah, like it does look cool. And I saw people holding it in front of the castle. Yeah. And it is a very substantial pin. But I still think 50 quid's a bit expensive for it. I also, I mean, I know I'm nitpicking here. And don't get me wrong, orange is my favourite colour. But the orange segment is very large. Oh yeah, it is. It's a very large orange segment. I wonder why. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't have any reasoning, but... Yeah, so it's actually, it's a pretty nice pin. It's got Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Donald, Daisy, and Goofy. Just all holding the pride flag. I did see some people post on, I can't remember whether it was Instagram or Twitter, that originally they were told that they could only get, it was one per person, and then for whatever reason at the event it was two per person. Oh. I don't understand why you would have a giant pin like that as two per person, but. That's weird. Here we are. Oh well. Um, I, they're definitely all gone though because there's only 400 of them. But then also open edition lanyards were also available and I presume are going to be available until they sell out. So they're magical pride lanyards. They're actually really tasteful. They're black and they've just got the pride colours in like stripes down the side and that says magical pride on the other side. So yeah, that's the pride lanyard and it's got a little doodad down the bottom. With the little, yeah, with the, what are they called? Those little plastic thingies that they come with. Oh, like the little card things? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, so it's got the stripe down the side, and then it's got Magical Pride written on the other side, but cute. the eye in Pride is the Eiffel Tower. Oh, that's cute. Now, to be honest, it could be Disney, it could be uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, but the picture's so small I can't tell. I think it's the castle. See, but, yeah, but I want it to be the Eiffel Tower. Maybe it is oh. the castle. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Kate. Either, either way, it's pretty cute and it's 10 euro. Cool. But it's pretty, it's, it's very nice. I'd, I'd quite like it. Like, it's not like in your face pride. Yeah. I think that's what I like about it. Okay. Cool. Um, then released today, as in the 8th of June, when this podcast is going up, uh, there is two limited edition pins that are going out. One is a genie and the other one is Pinocchio. They're 20 euro each. Again, this is the stupidly expensive pins that we get every month that are so expensive because there's only 250 of them made. Uh, if you are interested in getting those, you need to get them through the Limebrady app, as always. And then underneath then, we have the open edition pins. So we got cats and dogs. Cute. I really want to figure out from this. What a surprise. He's, he's so cute. He's all floofy. Look, his little chesty floof. He's so cute. So we have Cheshire Cat, uh, Marie, Figaro, Pluto, Lady and Patch. I wonder why they didn't do Tron. Because mm, he's grey? Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> I mean, he's a very dark colour. Maybe they just didn't want to... Maybe Figaro was one dark cat enough. Dark yeah. cat, dark animal. True. Trump doesn't go meow. Potentially. Either way, they're really cute. They're just nothing special. And they're all six ninety nine, And all open edition, so there should be loads of them. The Pluto one, I'm pretty sure I've seen before. It looks extremely familiar to like just a generic Pluto one. Yeah, it's probably just a different take on it or a different 
pose of his or something yeah. like that. Then on the 15th of June, we have the Disney Loves Jazz pins. They are all fifteen ninety nine each. We have one with blue from Jungle Book with the little coconut things on his face, which is actually really funny. These also have a little banner underneath them as well that says Disney Hard Jazz. Then you've got Tiana and Louie from Princess and the Frog. I momentarily forgot what that movie was called. I always forget what that movie's called. I think it's because there's so many words in it. Um, and that one's really cool. And it's got Louie playing the little trumpet and Tiana jigging about. It's very green. It's a very green pin. I'm not going to lie. And then the next one is... Uh, oh... Not Marie. It's no. Berlioz and Toulouse. Because I, I was hoping it would say in the description, but just as Aristocats. They're on the piano. I think that's my favourite one. Yeah, I think that's my favourite out of those as well. I mean, I love Toulouse and Berlioz. I think they are adorable. So um, I think that one is super cute. Yeah, so I think these are only available... I was going to say they're only available at the event, but maybe they're not. What I imagine will probably But happen. they're not line birdie. No, what I imagine will probably happen is what Disney seem to be doing with a lot of, like, event pins is that they're available initially only at the event and then whatever is left over will just still be in the park after. Yeah, because I think it says they are they are brought out at 8 o'clock. Yeah. So they must be brought out at 8 o'clock during the event. Yeah, they did the same thing with the Pride pin at the Pride event. Right, so there's only 500 of each and they are six, uh, 15 99 each. And then underneath that, we have four open edition pins that are released on the 15th of June. So we have Berlioz and Julie's again on a little hat. I love this pin. This is adorable. It's really cute. It's, it's called so cute. Chapeau Aristocat. Then you've got Berlioz. Yeah. Oh, look at that, lads. Me getting on the kittens right in first go. Berlioz on a little... Oh, I don't know what those things are gramophone. called. Yeah, thank you. On a gramophone. I was like a vinyl player, but it, that's not what it is. And then we've got two Simba pins, which are actually pretty cool. They're kind of, they're quite funky. You've got a Simba face with this like, I don't know how to explain it. Like an aztec tribal print. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's called, it's called Mask. Face Mask Simba. Simba Face Mask. Cool. So that's pretty nice. And then there's a just full-bodied Simba as well. So the Simba ones are about seven ninety nine each. The gramophone one is six ninety nine, and then the hat is seven ninety nine as well. Then coming to the end of the month, there is another best friends pin, world's best friends with Dumbo and Timothy. It's limited to seven hundred, and it's fifteen ninety nine. It's got Timothy on his trunk, uh, and it's released twenty second of June, and it is Lime Birdie only. There's not any of these best friends pins that I've been massively taken away with. They're no, all a bit boring. They are a bit, aren't they? There's nothing really special about them. No. I don't, like, I wouldn't be keen on, if I was there all the time, I wouldn't be keen on, like, making a collection of them. No, me neither. They're all a bit meh. Yeah. Agreed. Then we have the 26th of June. Is really weird looking pins, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like these kinds of pins. The ones that are, like, pictures just... Yeah. Enameled into a pin. I don't like those kind of pins at all. I never buy those kind of pins. I'm just not a fan. No, I don't really like them. The first one's not too bad. It has Lion King. It's the Lion King and Jungle Festival sort of colour thing. What I will say that I do like about this is that Simba's with Mowgli and the little little elephant elephant. and their little walkie thing. Yeah, which is pretty cute. And that's $6.99. It's open edition. So it's the Lion King and Jungle Festival uh, like logo. Mm -hmm. And then to the right of that, we have Rhythms of the Pride Lands pin, which is the show. And that's seven euro on the dot. That's weird. Yeah, I just noticed that. Why did, why is it seven euro on the dot? Why is it not $6.99? They never do, like, flat prices for pins. That's really bizarre. Yeah, it's really strange. I'm actually quite taken aback. Strange. Yep. So they're released on the 26th of June. They're open edition. And then this is this month's Stitch and Duck pin. Because apparently this is a thing that happens every month, which I didn't realise, I'm not going to lie. And it's released on the 29th of June in the Disney Gallery in the Disney Village. Again, you need a Lime Birdie reservation to avail of him. He's fifteen ninety nine, and he's limited to 700 I mean, it's cute. I don't know why anyone would decide to collect all of these pins. If you really love Stitch, you would. And there are people that do really, really love, Stitch. love Stitch. I am just not, not one of those No, people. neither am I. It's perfectly fine, but... I know that a lot of people do fawn over Stitch. Yeah. So that's that. And then the... Pin trading event this month is actually completely sold out, so... Honestly, none of them really grabbed me this month. 
No, I mean, if when we go, if Figaro is still there, I'm 100% going to buy him. Yeah. But, and then I don't think the kittens will be there, but if they are, I'll probably pick those up as well. But other than that, I'm not dead pushed on any of them. No, it wasn't, they're not too, really none, none of them are really grabbing me. I was hoping for maybe more with the Lion King and Jungle Festival, that there might be a few more, I don't know, just better designed pins. Yeah. But none of them have really grabbed me. And the Disney Love Jazz ones are okay. Fine. Yeah, like they're fine. They're fine. Like if you were going to Disney Love Jazz, I'd probably pick one up. Yeah. Because I was there. Yeah. But other than that, no, 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 no. That's my, my final say on it. The lovely ED92, we've got like five minutes in and we've already mentioned them. They posted a tweet earlier saying that there is a delay to the refurbishment of Dumbo. So originally it was supposed to open in early June and it's now being pushed back until early August, which means it is out for the entire summer. Wow. Which is sad because Dumbo's a really popular kids ride. Yeah. Like, I, I won't lie, there was part of me that was a little bit sad that we weren't going to get to go in our last one. Not that really? it's something I go on. But do like you, do you enjoy Dumbo that much? No, but like we had a like when we went on the magic carpets, that was good crack. Don't get me wrong, I never want to go on Astro Orbiters because that's like squishing yourself into a sardine can. Oh, Astro I think Astro Orbiters is only meant for children. Like I really don't think adults should be no. on that ride. <laughs> but I feel yeah, I don't know. There was part of me that was like, Oh, we could go on Dumbo, that'd be cute, but then it was closed. Oh uh, yeah. We can go. Because we had fun on the magic carpets. That was good crack. That was really good fun. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, unless, again, I just, I never like to kind of hedge my bets too much with anything to do with Disneyland Paris because... And refurbs. Fandomonic. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so hopefully it'll be open when we go. Fingers crossed, anyways. Do you know, I keep forgetting when we're going. 30th of September. 30th of September. And then again on the 30th of October. Shh. We like to keep consistent. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Dumbo. Mm-hmm. I'm at, yeah, I'm actually really excited for Dumbo to be reopened. It's a really cute ride. I think it'll be a fun one because like when we go, as we keep mentioning, we're kind, there's a variety of Disney experience coming <laughs> with us. There's people that have been to the park recently. There's people that haven't been since they were kids. There's people that have never been. So I feel like Dumbo's a good like... I feel like Dumbo is a Disney staple. Everyone get on an elephant. Yeah. So today there was big in Ansonuto for WDS2. Walt Disney Studios 2 expansion. There has been planning permission and all that legally stuff, blueprint thingies that go along with theme parks that yep. is not magical. Yep. <laughs> all of that stuff was released for the Walt Disney Studios expansion to the public today because that's what happens when you do um, planning permission all that sort of stuff it has to be in the public domain because Mm -hmm. it's just the law so some information we've received yeah not personally no one sent it to us just it's available the lake that we talked about last week is going to be 160 meters wide yeah there will be the frozen and so the frozen castle and the hills of Batu. The hills of Batu. The hills of Batu will be about 40 meters high. Yeah. Which I decided to do a bit of a googling boogling. And the castle is 51 meters high, just as a point of reference. So if you take, so if you look at the castle and you take the, from the pointy bit to the bottom of the first window. Yeah. Like the ogly window. If you take that off. That's probably about as high as it's going to be. Yeah. Not bad. Not unsubstantial. But when you think about it though, like that lake is three times, will be three times the width of the castle's height. God, I'm so confused. <laughs> if you have three castles and one lake. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? That's huge. That yeah. lake's going to be massive. It's going to be very big. Apparently the tweet said no guest transport, but tech for shows, as in like you can, there'll be shows on the lake, but the... Seemingly there's going to be a bridge. I don't care. This, the, the, what's it called? The conception art had a, had like a ferry boat on it. I wanted a ferry boat. I don't think it's a ferry boat because what they've said in the tweets that I've seen anyways is that there's not guest transport, but there are like barges for like nighttime shows and stuff like that. So I think it could be like that because like, you know, the way in Epcot, they wheel out the globe and everything like that and they have everything sitting on boats. So I feel like that's the kind of boat that just won't be a guest transport boat i wanted a ferry there's a bridge yeah there is a bridge there will be a bridge there's a ferry in the other one 
Oh, the... Molly Brown. Is it called the Molly Brown? It is called the Molly Brown. It is called... We've nailed that down. She's called the Molly Brown. Good woman. <laughs> Good woman herself. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so that was a bunch of uh, blueprints and stuff released about WS... WDS2. Walt Disney Studio 2.0. Yeah. Oh, and then also there was a thing said about a restaurant, singular, for yeah. 250 seats, which is humongous. Yeah, it said restaurant. There was no S at the end of it, so I don't know whether there is a plan. I would hope they would have more than one restaurant, because Disneyland Paris needs significantly more restaurants than it yeah. has. Um, I'd hope that at least each separate land, so Batu, Frozen, and Tony Stark's 1960s Wonderland... Yeah. Which is the official name, TM. Would each have a restaurant? Especially yeah. if they were talking about that man the Wasp restaurant. Like, is that it? I think, yeah, I actually don't know. It's just, again, that's just what was said in the kind of tweets that I saw, so. The fact that all of this is coming out now means that they're definitely going to start working on it. Because yeah. they're, they've got what they need now to start going to making it real life. So we'll be totally on it when construction starts. We'll be giving you them updates every week so this is just an exciting time for all we've had four of the celebrity narrators announced for the candlelight processional in epcot so far so we have whoopi goldberg and she'll be doing it on the 6th and 7th of december we have pat sajak who i had to google he has done the wheel of fortune wheel of fortune Mm -hmm. now it'll be like candle procession there we go <laughs> so he'll be doing the 16th to the 18th of december we have stephen curtis chapman who is a christian country singer and he'll be doing the 22nd to the 24th of december and then we have edward james almost who'll be doing it on christmas day and on stevens's day Oh. And I, ha- I gave him a Google, and he is the little old man that disappears in Coco because nobody remembers him, and it broke my heart. Yeah, same. When I when you said that's who it was, I was like, no. So sad. <laughs> there will be further updates. Keep an eye on the Disney Parks blog, and they'll tell you when Jodie Benson and most likely Neil Patrick Harris will be there, because they always do it. There's also been no confirmation this year that they're going to live stream it. Because oh. they live streamed it last year. Yeah. And people loved it. There was a lot of people who said, I share it with my family because oh, that's cute. sometimes we can't get to Disney World or yeah. maybe like we used to go to Disney World, but now my mom is too sick Aww. and so we can't. So there's been a couple of people asking if they're going to live stream it again this year and Disney haven't confirmed that, but hopefully they will closer to the time. I'd say that's a closer to the time thing, Yeah, but hopefully they'll announce it. And if they do, we'll let you know. Speaking of Christmas, there has been a new fireworks show announced for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. The new show entitled Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks Show will be hosted by the one and only Minnie Mouse. Oh, funny that. And will celebrate the magic of Christmas with medleys of beloved holiday songs. I hope they don't have Text Me Merry Christmas in it. I hope they do. Text Me Merry Christmas. Daisy little. Stop it. Daisy with her little. Of course they make Daisy singing as well. Like it's not a. Little sassy bitch. Yeah, it's not too. Minnie's too highbrow for that. <laughs> with beloved holiday songs from Joy to the World and Deck the Halls to Up on the Housetop and We Wish You a Merry Christmas. The holiday will also have a finale guests won't want to miss. Ooh. I don't know what that is. It doesn't, it doesn't say. Interesting. They're like fully like getting rid of all of the original Magic Magic Kingdom fireworks. So like Halloween is gone, which breaks my heart. I was watching yeah. it in old Mickey's Not So Scary vlog the other day and Halloween came on and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But I'm I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see what it what else they do. So it seems to be I, it's going to be a lot of projections. Yeah, but if they do them, but if it's projections, I think I really like projections on castles. I think they can add a lot when they're done right. So do I. But I don't want them to fully just get rid of all the fireworks because I like boom booms. Yeah, I see fireworks getting doing projections is much cheaper than fireworks. Oh, big time. But I think Walt Disney World will always have the highest volume of fireworks. I wonder if they're still going to do the parameter fireworks. I don't know what you're talking about. So, no, I I won't lie. I don't know if I've ever seen the Very Merry Christmas fireworks. I don't think I've cared to look. But... Rude. For, 
for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, they do the regular fireworks and stuff on the castle, but then they do perimeter ones that go around the Magic Kingdom. Oh, wow. And if you're standing in the whole hub area, it's right the way around you. Oh. It's not get, just beside the castle. Maybe so they're I w- getting rid of those. I would wonder what, if they are going to keep the perimeter fireworks or not, because mm-hmm. they're like what makes, yeah. or what made Halloween's. Yeah. Anyway, with the rest of, with that, sorry, with that announcement, they've said that Mickey's Very Mouse Christmas Party will, once again, feature performances of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, a Totally Tomorrowland Christmas, Mickey's Most Merry Celebration, um, a Frozen Holidays Wish stage show where Queen Elsa will magically transform Cinderella Castle with glistening ice. Mm-hmm. And Jingle Cruise will be back. Cute. Hey, Kate, do you know what today is? <gasps> Today's Tuesday. You know what that means. <laughs> Special guests today, Sinead. We had Clarabelle Cow and Jorge's horse collar. Jorge's. I, I never is that knew. Horse? It probably is. Jorge. <laughs> he is Mexican. I never knew his last name was horse collar. No, neither did I. What an aggressive last name. Horse, horse collar. <laughs> <laughs> they look really cute. They did. And you never see them in their normal outfits. No, they're always in their like um, Halloween or Christmas garb. Yeah. Because I remember I have this, like, a distinct memory of going into Disneyland Paris my first day that I got there at Christmas and Clar- and catching the end of the parade. Mm-hmm. And Clarabelle was, like... Giving it suck. She she was going for it. She was, like, living her best fantasy. She was, oh, amazing. See, yeah, the pictures are really cute. They're on ED92's Twitter. If you want to give them a look de duke mm-hmm. I would have been if we were there I would have been happy with them I'd have been pleased they're they're a rare enough character you only get to see them during special times of the year and you never really get to see them in their standard outfits so no. I approve well done so yeah I think that's it for the news yeah which brings us on to the big kahuna. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Disneyland Oh, California. God. It's so good. It's so good. It is way better than I thought it was going to be. If you've not looked at anything to do with Galaxy's Edge and you want to look up some vlogs or anything like that, I would suggest watching Tim Tracker's vlog from it. It's like 50 minutes long, but it's it's good. Yeah. And then go on to the Diz's or the Diz Unplugged YouTube they, I don't know how they have pumped out as much content about Batu as they have. No, they were just full on going for it fair play to them I would say since Friday they've put up probably close to about 30 or 40 videos yeah and they're all great yeah they've got lots of like vlogs of stuff they've done the droids they did the lightsaber which we'll get onto both of those but yeah if you're looking to watch about it and not just hear about it Tim Tracker of the Diz would recommend so Kate what was your overall impression of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland Resort. It looks great. It looks great. That from what I can tell from like theming with cast members, the citizens of Batu thing is very consistent for all cast members. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like Bright uh, Suns. Yeah. Do you know what? Have you ever watched The Handmaid's Tale? No. In The Handmaid's Tale, they say this thing and it's like about the people that have taken over. The Hammett's Tale is an awful... It's very awful what happens at the Hammett's Tale. Like, this whole governing body takes over America and everything. But it's... They say things to each other. Like, it's like, Lord be with you. Or, like, peace with you or whatever. Um, but it's, like, real, like, dark. Because it's, okay. like, whatever. And when you say... Well, when I read that, they go, Bright Suns. And people go, Till the Spire. I was like, oh my god, it's like that. <laughs> I was like, it's a cult. <laughs> Oh dear. I, that is the thing. The Bright Suns Till the Spire thing, I do find a tiny bit. I think what's quite good though, and I've heard, I've seen a couple people say, is that you can interact with the cast members as much as you want or as little as you want. Like if you say to them, is this say $25? They'll be like, yeah, it's 25 credits. It's 25 credits. They will answer you in the Batu lingo, but they're not going to like correct you if you say dollars. We don't use dollars here. This is Batu. You know You're on I mean? a planet. Like, they're, they're not going to like you loser. They're not going to cut you off for if you don't want to play along. But if you do want to play along, they will like fully give you as much of that as you want. Yeah, which I think is great. I can't get over how big it is. 
it's huge. I don't know if it feels now, obviously we've not been there. So I don't know if one, it feels bigger because we're looking at it on a, on vlogs. Yeah. Or if two, because they're doing the whole four hour slot things, it looks bigger because there's less people in it. I wonder if it like it was at full capacity. Would you be like, man, it's tiny. I don't know because like a lot, like from, I was watching the Diz like live show earlier and they were saying that Batu is about the size of Diagon Alley plus Hogsmeade. Oh, like the two right, of them okay. combined is mm-hmm. probably still smaller than Batu. Like it's huge. Oh, it must be massive then. It's absolutely mammoth. If you look at it on the Disneyland Park app. Oh yeah, it is actually quite big. It's, yeah, no, yeah, it's no, like right. bigger than the whole Main Street Castle area. Yeah, no, no, you're which right, is yeah. pretty massive. The biggest. It's the biggest Disneyland expansion ever. Yeah. So I think that's quite cool. I like that they've put a lot of levels in it so that it's not just like a flat land. Like there's a lot of kind of little like steps up into different areas and that kind of thing. Uh I think that's really cool. I love that there's roaming characters. Yeah, the roaming characters are really cool. That rebel spy whose name, I don't know. I'm not going to even pretend that I did know it. Have you seen her? She's got blue or red hair. I think there's a couple of them. They're really cool. So when, so there's a bit where, remember we were talking about are like we almost were talking about like our galaxy z predictions almost yeah when we were talking about like where the characters were going to be and if there were going to be characters because it didn't really make any sense it's good so like kylo ren like does land on batu and it's like the you will kneel to the first order and they treat all the cat they treat all the guests like citizens of batu and it's like you're all cruddy pieces of stuff and it's all really and the stormtroopers have no problem telling people like back off yeah no get out of the way but then like it's kylo ren comes out into the crowd and kylo ren like talks to the stormtroopers and he's like people around here are just dirt yeah (laughs) or like these citizens are like awful like yeah it's really really good yeah and then there's that spy so like when kylo ren is up on the stage and the First Order troopers are all there and Kylo Ren's making his speech and stuff. Yeah. There's a rebel spy that's like darting in and out of the crowd and like hiding behind people and watching Kylo Ren because they're a rebel spy and they want to see what Kylo Ren is saying. Yeah. And I've seen Chewbacca is running around doing the same thing as well. Yeah. Which is great. It's really good. I've also seen the vlog that I watched of the days when they were doing the lightsaber building because it's meant it's just a scrapyard and they're just showing yes. people different scraps seemingly like stormtroopers come over and like interrogate people as to oh, what they're doing there and that's good rhino from the days was like showing off his lightsaber in the vlog and like the stormtroopers come over and started like interrogating about where he got it what it was and all this kind of stuff as well so oh, i thought that was quite good. fun that's good keeping it it on point yeah because i know when tim tracker was looking at it he was like oh these are the bits of the lightsaber and the cast member was like be quiet the cast member was like he's like these are scraps they're like you can't speak too loudly like you'd never know where the stormtroopers are going to be like these are scraps that could make something yeah but she was like you gotta keep your voice down and i was like this is amazing i love it so much it's it's so good i'm so excited to see it yeah i'm buzzing for it it looks great it made me it made me so happy so we've made a couple like notes of just points that we wanted to want to touch on so i suppose the first one is kind of the big one the millennium falcon smugglers run yeah so as of opening of galaxy's edge there was only one attraction yeah um rise of the resistance is not yet ready for the citizens of padu no it's there yeah the entrance is there it's all ready to well not maybe probably not ready to go but it's there, just not open. I wonder if they're going to do with Rise of the Resistance what they did at D23 with Fantasmic, where anyone that got into the parks panel was had the fast pass stuck to the bottom of their chair oh, yeah. for Fantasmic. I wonder if they're going to do that for Rise of the Resistance. Be because fun. there's been no date no. announced for it. So right. either, either they're going to announce the date or they might give people fast passes to go and Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, that'd be cute. That'd be super intriguing. Mm. You'd see all these people like tearing it over to Disneyland. Yes, yeah, so the Rise of the Resistance not there. So no. we have Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Which looks so glorious. The queue for it is extremely incredible. Themed. So themed. Incredible. It has one of, honestly, not one of, it has the best animatronic I have ever seen. Yeah, the animatronic in it is fantastic to the point where, just as Tim Tracker said when he walked in, he was like, whoa, I thought that was a real person. <laughs> 
Honestly, like the movement is so fluid and it's so, it's like quite a long range of movement yeah, before you see what, anything repeat. I think that's what makes it so lifelike. It's it's insane. Yeah. So I suppose we just reel it back a bit. What is the story of the attraction of the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run? <laughs> so the whole point of Smuggler's Run is that you are being hired to go and collect what is it? Coax? Yeah, coaxium. Coaxium. And Look at me knowing something. <laughs> there's six people that will be in each team. There are two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. The pilots, one of you will can one controls left and right, and the other controls up or down. The gunners obviously shoot guns and try and protect the Millennium Falcon wherever they can. And then engineers try and keep a handle on everything and make sure that the coaxium gets there safely. And that you don't completely wreck the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when you go through and you see Hondu and then you get given your positions, you can't choose... Which is fair because everyone's just going to want the pilot. A hundred percent. And I, I maybe further down the line you will be able to kind of, I don't know, wait in the queue. Like you can if you want, say for instance, the, the back front. of a ride or a front of a ride, yeah. maybe. But from what I've seen of people that have been there, they've said all the roles seem to get handed out in the same order. Mm -hmm. So it's pilot, pilot, gunner, gunner, engineer, engineer. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're in a group of six people and there's two people that desperately want to pilot, you can swap around afterwards. Yeah. You can't force anybody to swap with you. No, of course not. So if you're just kind of two people there and you both get gunner, but you both want to be pilot, you can't force the people in front of you to swap. To swap. No. But if you're within a group, you can change about your... Because you're given, like, these... You get a colour. You get, like, this card thing. If anyone's seen uh, vlogs of Jimmy Fallon's Race Through New York, it's kind kind of, like, loosely based on that, where you get a colour, and then in Jimmy Fallon you get a colour, and then when the room turns that colour, it's your turn to go into the next yeah. stage of loading very loosely sort of based on that you get yeah. your role every role every group of what's it called like ship people what's the word I'm looking for? every crew every crew <laughs> ship folk <laughs> every crew of six people gets a different color yeah which obviously helps with loading and yeah stuff. so you get assigned your position and then you go into the millennium falcon and you go through the hallways that you see in the movies and i won't lie the first time i saw it I honestly got, like, emotional watching it. I never thought that you'd actually walk into the Millennium Falcon, like, like always. I didn't, I, I just, it never crossed my mind that that's what was going to happen. Like, Even though it makes perfect sense. Because you are, you're outside, you see the Millennium Falcon, you walk into the queue, you walk around, like, the loading yeah. bay, where Millennium Falcon's just, like, docked up. Yeah. And then you meet your man, he tells you, look, I need a crew. And then you meet the person who gives you a crew assignment. Yeah. And then it's like, welcome aboard the Millennium Falcon. It's it's insane. They got it so spot on. Yeah. So spot on. And then you go into the room and they have the the hollow chess table and stuff like that. And from what I've seen, you do kind of get a little bit rushed through there. But I mean, if you want to stop and take a picture, stop and take a picture. Yeah, like a cast member's a not cast- going to tell you to get up. They're not going to shove you out of the way if you want to stop and get a picture at the table, which, God help anyone that tries to shove me out of the way before I can get a picture at the hollow chess table, let me tell you. And then you go I into also, the cockpit. Yeah, sorry, just for that. I also just wonder, is it because does, because there people do have that limited four hours in Galaxy's Edge at the moment? Maybe. I wonder, is it just a very much precaution of, we do want to make sure that everyone does get their ride and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I wonder if they just, when Galaxy's Edge gets into its groove, they'll probably start easing off a tiny bit yeah, on that. probably. Because it feels like people are just being, like, slightly a bit too rushed. Yeah. But if they had maybe, like, another, like, three or four minutes, mm. they'd be cool. Yeah. So I wonder, is it just, like, there's, like, small teething problems with yeah. the whole waiting area. Also, in that area, there's, it's really interactive as well. Because there's there was a bit where I saw that an alarm went off and the cast oh, member yeah. told everyone, they were like, quick, push a red button. And everyone had to just find these red buttons that yeah. were on the wall. And you just see guests like sprinting to different corners yeah, of the room. Which is cool. And they're like banging on the wall and they're like, is that it? Is it done? And you're like, how yeah. old are you? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Everyone just turns into a gigantic child. Yeah. So sorry, then you went to the cockpit. Yeah. And pilots at the front, then the gunners... 
than the engineers. Yes. And it kind of is what it is then. You yep. pilot the Millennium Falcon or yep. you protect it with guns or you look after it as an engineer. Yes. Whatever your role is. So it is It is really good. So your man... Oh, what's his name? Hondu. Yeah. Is it Hondu? Yeah. So he's talking to you throughout the ride. Because so there's a left pilot and a right pilot. And so he's like, so the left pilot is up and down. Left and oh, right. left and right. Oh, I had a 50 chance again that right. <laughs> and then the right pilot is up and down. Mm-hmm. Then the right pilot also does uh, light speed. Uh, the right pilot does light speed and the left pilot does boosters. Then the gunner is the same and the engineer is the same. Mm-hmm. But Hondi's talking to you and he's like, left pilot, go up. Right pilot, turn right. Or right pilot, let's bring this into light speed and all this sort of stuff. And people have said that they don't think that everything is 100% based on how they turn the ship. Like, I suppose there is things in it that make sure that the ride does follow through all the way. Yeah. But there was a bit that we saw where they came back after completing the mission. And I think they were just so not paying attention that they did whack into something. Yeah. So it does it does prove that you are actually controlling it to some degree. Because when they came back, they went straight into the rock. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you think that anywhere would be at the end of the ride that it would just take over. Yeah. But it's really not until you land that it stops. Yeah. I did see someone's review of it say that they were in a crew. And I think they were either a gunner or an engineer. And there was a kid was one of the pilots and they did not do very well. Because <laughs> the kid was just like, <laughs> but, hey. That's really cute though. Exactly. Like you, as long as you, as long as you make fun of it, like it's pretty good. Exactly. And because like each side seems to have different things. So like, I think the gunners even have slightly different roles as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the engineers have different roles. So, I mean, effectively you could go on it six times in the six different roles and have six completely different experiences. Yeah. So it's really exciting. The ride time also looks pretty long. It's yeah. a pretty substantial ride. Yeah. It's not like in and out in like 60 seconds. Yeah, it seems to be, it seems to give you a good amount of time to experience it all. A lot of people have said that it is very much a hybrid of Mission Space and Star Tours. And I, I have seen a lot of people aren't, haven't been massively impressed by it and are kind of holding out hope that Rise of the Resistance will be like mm. the flight of passage of Batu. Yeah. But we'll see. Either way, I'm super excited to go on it because I think it looks super fun. Yeah, people say it's not the, it's not the best attraction they've been on. But it's not a bad attraction for what it is. Like, it's, no. it's amazing for what it is. Absolutely. It's just not mind-blowing. Yeah, which is totally fair. What is mind-blowing is the build-around lightsaber. Yes, Savvy's Workshop. Oh, my God, that looks so good. It looks really cool. Oh, yeah, right. So I was about to go through the process of what happens when you go with a lightsaber, and that starts with prepayment. Yes. So you got to pay your $200 before you go in. But as I was saying to Sinead earlier on the week, my favorite part of theming in Batu is the lack of POS systems. Yeah. So do you know when you go into a shop and you got a till and you can see the till and the till's right there? So that's your POS system. Obviously, Batu doesn't have POS systems because you're on a planet. Now, in all fairness, they can't hide the chip and pin machine because this can, but can they, only go so far. They've put in some pretty cool housing, though, yeah. so I like that. So the, the whole POS system is behind this, like, massive, big, block-walled thing that just completely blends in, and you'd completely forget. You'd completely forget there's a POS system there. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. One thing to also note, so you pay your... It's $200 before tax. There are no discounts available on it. What a surprise. I know, right? So when you're kind of, when you're paying for it and you're checking in and stuff like that, they show you the four different groups of scraps that you can get. So the power and control, elemental nature, yada, yada, yada. You pick though, you pick what one of those you want before you go in and they give you a pin to correspond with. And that's that's how they know they have enough. It's also so they know what one to give you. So they don't ask you which you want when you go in. You pick your crystal and then the people just present you with your scraps. Oh, So it's kind of save time. That's clever. So you get get a pin included in it as well to correspond with the different one that you got. So I know the elemental nature one is kind of like a bronzy color. Mm -hmm. Um, I think power and control is more silver because it matches that um, hilt. And then I think the, I can't remember the other one that I saw, 
but it's more kind of a goldy one. But you have to wear it on your left hand side when you go in so that the people that are helping you build it know which tray to give you. Because within each of the trays, you get so many options. Mm -hmm. But it just means they're not like faffing about when they get in there with like, do you want this one or do you want this one? You pick it before you go in. Great. That's really good. Hmm. Good job, Disney. So when you go in, yeah. you can bring up, at the minute you can bring up to two people with you. That could change. I don't know. I hope if it changes, you at least get to bring one person with you. I, I don't think they'd like cut it off that you can only bring one. Imagine, uh, but like only going by yourself. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said it wrong. <laughs> only bring one. Yeah. Self. <laughs> so yeah, I think it would be a bit stupid if they did that because like if you were going as a couple yeah and one of you wanted to buy a lightsaber and the other one didn't yeah then what are you gonna do just send your other half and be like okay cool see you in (laughs) half an hour bye (laughs) i've watched a couple of these so a lot of people have put up vlogs of these and there was one in particular that i saw so when you go in everyone kind of has their own individual station where they're going to build their saber and there's kind of a main gatherer that has gathered up all these scraps and that's going to talk you through the process and goes through the importance of this what are they kyber crystals yes and all this kind of stuff and there was one guy in particular i think his name was carlos because he says it at the start of it he was amazing he like got real into the story the like lighting changes with the different kyber crystals Ooh. and the music goes along with it and it like the way they have it done is sensational that those cast members know their scripts like the back of their hand because it is in time with the music it is in time with the lighting everything is super seamless amazing so they they explain the importance of the kyber crystals and the different ones and who has owned the different kyber crystals and then the cast members go around and you pick whatever one you want and then they present you with your scraps Mm -hmm. to make it so you have a choice of there's four different hilt bits you'll need two but you can kind of play around and see which one you want at the bottom which one you want at the top um, you can. there's two choices for the end of your lightsaber there's two choices for where the saber will come out of and then there's two choices of like a trigger so you I mean you, there are a good couple of like options to like have a specialised lightsaber yeah because you can have a completely different kyber crystal and have the same lightsaber or you could have different the same kyber crystals and have completely different lightsabers but get the same box Mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like yeah. it's very and they give you a lot of time to kind of try out different things and see what it looks like and one of the ones that i looked at the guy couldn't get it everything to kind of line up the way he wanted mm-hmm. so when the cast members came over and spent the time kind of like really twisting it to get everything lining up in the way he exactly wanted it because obviously they've kind of played around with them a lot yeah so they know how they exactly so she was work. like if you want i can get this seamless for you and he was like yeah please like and you've paid two hundred dollars like Oh, 100%. You want your lightsaber to be perfect. Exactly. But it's good that the cast members are in are in that. They're like, yeah. look, we understand you paid a lot of money for the lightsaber. Let me get it. How do you yeah. want it? And not just like, okay, that's it. Time's up. And you're like, yeah. wait, no, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, like, have you watched any of the anyone doing it? No, I I watch actually you know, I've watched a bunch of the droid ones, oh. but I just haven't watched any of the lightsaber ones. I'll send you some links of it. So there's the moment where so everyone's built their hilts and they've gone about and they've done all that and that's fine. And then when it gets to the bit where they're actually going to get the saber bit of it, the cast members go around and they plug them into what looks just like dividers between each of them. And then Yoda comes in and has a chat with everybody. And the whole room goes green and then the kind of main, I suppose, storyteller mm-hmm. that's kind of leading the whole thing, he gets everybody to step forward and place their hand on their lightsaber and they all activate it at the same time and the chamber opens and out comes the lit lightsabers and everyone does it at the same time and everyone like raises them up and it's like weirdly emotional to watch. Isn't it weird how Star Wars does that to you? Honestly. Like, <laughs> I was so engrossed. I've watched so many of these now. But it's just that moment of literally they... I don't know how they've don't done match. it. It must be light sensitive or whatever. But literally people click to activate it and it opens and out comes the saber. It's amazing. That's so cool. I so badly want a lightsaber now. Now, the only thing we... I just bring us all back down to Earth for just, just, just like 30 seconds. <laughs> there was... um someone i saw i don't know did you send it to me or something about first of all not being allowed them out in yeah. batu but then someone else i saw took their lightsaber out 
and like yielded it, like went whoosh with it, and it came apart. Oh, yeah, like the lightsaber bit. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it the glass bit. Yeah. So like none of the metally bits. Yeah, saber bit. Yeah, I'm gonna call it the glass bit. Like fell off and hit a cast member in the head. Oh, yeah, and the cast member was like, "Look, it's not really a toy." Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure That's they, I'm sure they fixed it for him. Yeah. There wasn't actually much more said about it, but. Or maybe I saw it on Insta- an Instagram story. Weird. But I think it was like, look, they're not made for battle. Yeah. They're made as like a presentation thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Weird. No, so when you get your lightsaber and the whole thing is finished, as you leave, they give you kind of like a cover. It's like a crossbody bag. It's kind of, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, it kind of looks like a hockey stick bag. And the way I've seen people describe it, it's almost kind of like there's a pool noodle in it. Right. So that you don't damage your saber. there's like a little courtyardy bit right outside it where I think people have been able to like take video and take pictures with their lightsabers and stuff but outside of that area you're not supposed to have your lightsaber out and I think it's to kind of fit with the story of there are stormtroopers everywhere yeah you're not going to be walking around with a lightsaber because that that does make sense yeah so yeah you can't have them out in the land but the whole experience looks incredible it does now i know anyone see it's it's the same with a lot of disney things i think like i'm just talking about the 200 credit price tag yeah that to anyone who's in it isn't gonna care no that it's 200 credits no as um ed told me he was like well if we're gonna go i just put away 50 dollars for four months yeah He's like, and that's it. And that's my lightsaber. And you're right. Because yeah. if you've planned to spend 200 credits when you go, okay, cool. But then obviously to anyone outside of a Star Wars fan base, they're like, you're spending $200 on a piece yeah. of plastic. I do think that $200 is worth it. When you're in it, you're in it. Especially, I'm going to send you a link for some videos that I watched for it. But oh my God, especially when you watch it, it's so so worth it and everyone that i've watched that's done it has said totally worth it would pay it again excellent i'm glad people are happy with their lightsabers yes yeah. because i was worried it was going to be crap no it but looks it's great. amazing cool so then what's the other thing you get to build kate it's the thing i want <laughs> so you can also build your own droids i want both and i'm gonna need so much money yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't think I want a lightsaber. I just don't. You say that. And yeah. Who knows? Maybe when I get there. Imagine when. Imagine if you get there and you're like, actually, do why? Yeah, I do. I've decided against <laughs> to it. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> so you can also build a droid, which is actually pretty cool. It looks so cute. Yes. Yeah, so you can also go to Mubo's Droid Depot. Ooh. So you can build a droid. Yeah. So you can build a BB-8 unit or an Orta unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, but you can also get or four heads. Yeah. So, which kind of confuses me. So you can, <laughs> so it's like an or two body with an or four head. Yeah. So you go into the workshop. Anyone who's ever been to like a sushi place, it's kind of like that. Oh my god, that's exactly what it's like. It's like if you guys have ever been to, I, they're not in Ireland Yo anymore. Sushi. Yeah. But if you've ever been to Yo Sushi and you sit, well, you don't sit, but you stand and you wait for the little conveyor belt to come around and the conveyor belt is just full of droid parts. So, and you go and pick what you want. So when you go in, you, so again, you prepay your hundred credits before you go yeah. in. And when you go in, they ask you, do you want, are you looking to build a BB-8 unit, a BB unit, or an R2 unit? And depending on what one you're planning on building, they'll give you a, a basket. On the bottom of the basket, it tells you which parts you're going to need to collect. Yeah. So if you're building an R2 unit, it tells you which, like, uh, it tells you which motor you're going to need, what legs you're going to need, how many you're going to need. So you sit and you wait, and you wait for all your bits to come out. If you're building a BB-8 unit, the two spheres come taped together yeah so you can't mix match yeah which was something i was worried about as well though i was like what if you forget to bring a second one (laughs) yeah so all the so all the bb8 spheres uh, the bb bb8 bb spheres are taped together so you get those and then you get a head and then you get a little motor for the inside and then once you have them all you bring them over to a building station and at the building station you put down your little basket and you take out all your parts and then there's um a big sticker on the building station it tells you how to build your two unit or the bb unit there's also a cat number there that helps you and they'll click everything into in for you if you can't quite get it and then you also get to use a big screwdriver yourself to like put like to actually to actually build your droid and then you put it in this little activation station 
And obviously, I don't really know what it's doing there. I think it's syncing it to your... Yeah, it's syncing, it's syncing the it remote to the control. remote. Because these are extremely similar to BBA units that we used to sell in the Disney store for 30 euro. <laughs> we didn't get to build them or customize them. No, you didn't. But I think they're pretty much the same technology because the whole syncing thing is pretty yeah. similar. So yes, yeah, so you put them in the little unit, you press the red button and it activates them all. Boop, 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 boop. And then that's it. And then you've built your own droid. And then you get a little box. It looks like a Build-A-Bear. Yeah, you get, get a box. Again, you're not allowed to take it out of the box after you've left the droid depot. You can't play with your droid in Batu. But again, that makes perfect sense. What if it's a what if it's a rebel What if it's a rebel droid? Yeah. And it's zooming around Batu, spreading secrets. Like it just Which, can't happen. You can. So it's a hundred dollars before tax. Again, I don't think you can get any discounts on them. But you can, I think it's an extra $12, you can buy these different personality chips. <gasps> oh, I forgot chips. about those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get diff- different personality tri- chips. So you can get ones for rebel droids, one for, I think it's neutral droids, and then ones for first order droids. And then I think there's a couple of variations within that as well. And they basically just make different sounds. Yeah. But they're really cool. And I'll probably buy one. Are you going to get a BB-8 or are you going to get an R2? I don't know. Maybe an R2? Maybe a bb I don't know. I know Brecky wants I'd, one as well. So. I think I'd quite like a purple BB unit. Oh, that's cute. Because the purple bodies are really cute. They are Maybe a nice. purple body with a silver top. Hmm, that oh, could be cute. That's what I want. I've decided. I think, because I want one and I know Brecky wants one, so I think whatever... One of each. We'll get one of each. Yeah. I, I know you can get a lot of black and orange stuff for the BB units. Oh, I'd yeah. love a little Halloween-y BB unit. It'd be <laughs> super cute. So yeah, so I'll probably get a BB unit with the, I'll probably get a personality chip in it as well. And I'm also going to buy the backpack that's $50. It'd be cute. But it's a backpack specifically made, because be- I think because you can't have your droid out and about, I'd still like to show my droid off when I'm in Batu. Yeah. And the backpack is made so that it zips down so that you can see your droid when your droid's on your back. Do you know what it reminds me of? You know those backpacks that people get with the bubble where your cat can see out? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> That's actually pretty accurate. Um, one thing that I would say, so I watched, again, the Diz build a droid and did a whole review of it and that kind of thing. When they did it, which was during the regular four-hour slots, not just the media event, there's like almost kind of like doorbells, for lack of a better way, that you ring if you need help. And they were waiting for quite a while for a cast member to come over and help them because they were something wasn't clicking together or for whatever reason something wasn't working and they needed a cast member to come over and help them but they were they said they were waiting quite a while so they feel like there's potentially not enough builders there to help right so but again teething teething problems a little bit tweaking it's not even been open a week exactly you can't really be mad at them for that I'd say when they tested it they were like see what happened I'm guessing when they tested it they tested it with cast members who had been playing with them for a while so when cast members were like okay we're gonna time how long it takes you to build a droid yeah and cast members were like okay do 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 I'm done which meant that they didn't factor in that this 12 year old can't click this BB unit together themselves yeah, true. which is which is fair like Completely. they can only go so far yeah but again it's a it's a simple case of putting one cast member in yeah so that there's one extra cast member to help answer the bells exactly so the next thing I have written down here is food and drink I won't lie I've not massively looked into the food side of it at all the food it all looks nice from what I can tell the food can I don't know how to best phrase this it really is all about your own palate okay I've had a lot of people say they're like oh I like this and then the next person who they're with is gone oh I don't like that what I've heard I think it was is her name Tiffany Mink she's like a Disneyland YouTuber person she was saying that a lot of the different food and stuff has this like Chinese peppercorn in it that makes your mouth go numb like it doesn't it doesn't harm you in any way yeah. like that but it does make your mouth go numb and it's like you can't taste it it's completely tasteless but it's just a thing that they've added into the food okay as kind of like a weird to make it weird yeah which i thought was strange interesting i won't lie i've paid zero attention to the food however i have paid close attention to the drinks so obviously there's the blue and green milk seemingly the green milk is considerably nicer than the blue milk three pebbles Fruity Pebbles. Apparently everything just tastes like Fruity Pebbles in Gaff's Edge. <laughs> I mean, the main things I've kind of paid attention to are Ogus Cantina. 
I love the cantina scene in A New Hope. A New Hope is my favourite Star Wars movie. The cantina song is my ringtone. I'm so excited. So at the minute, there's a two drink maximum for people when you're in there. You get given a reservation. It could be an hour wait. could be three hours wait. You might never get told to come back. Yeah, so for the first two days that it was open to the public... People were just rushing to the cantina and it was a hodgepodge mess of a mess. And then by the third day, they'd introduced a text reservation system where you'd go to the cantina and you'd be like, hi, I want to get in. They'd be like, cool, give us your number. We'll text you when you can come in. But then the problem arose that so many people wanted to get in over the space of four hours that if they physically couldn't. So there is a problem that with capacity and people's four hour time limit, then not everyone is getting into the cantina. I won't lie, I'll quite happily wait however long I need to. The main things that I have kind of pulled from the cantina is there's a lot of, like, tiki glasses. They're not tiki glasses, but they're kind of the equivalent of the limited edition glasses you can get from Trader Sam's. So the first one you can get comes with a non-alcoholic drink. It's called Cliff Dweller. Mm-hmm. Looks like a little pork. And that is $32. And it's citrus juices, coconut, hibiscus, grenadine, and seagram's ginger ale. Yum. So that is... already quite pricey. $32. I mean, you get to keep the little pork up. But $32. Really cute, though. I love porks. So the next one is the Yub Nub. (laughs) And you get this, again, in a tiki-style glass that depicts the Battle of Endor. It has Malibu pineapple rum, Sailor Jerry spice rum, citrus juices, passion fruit, served in an indoor mug. I'm 1000% getting one of these. That's pretty cool, isn't it? One, like, not even without a doubt. But would you believe that $42 is not the most expensive thing on the menu? No. You can get a beer flight. So the Rancor beer flight souvenir board with four teeth. It's a whopping $75. Do you know what? I think that's the thing I'd more likely get. It's ridiculous. You get basically what kind of looks like a big, like, shopping board. It's a beer flight. It's what a beer flight looks like. Yeah. But you get to keep everything that comes with the beer flight. Yeah, you get these really cool... I'm just pulling up a picture so I can show you. You get, like, these glasses that look like Rancor teeth. I'm not going to lie. Of all the things, I think that would be the thing. Those little cups are so cool. Yeah. They are very small. See, my only problem was if you were to share it with someone... Would you get a mouthful each? Maybe. You don't get a whole lot in it, but you are buying it for the souvenir thing, so yeah. 1,000%, I'll be getting a Yub Nub. Oh, yeah. A potentially a cliff, cliff dweller. We'll see. So that's the, they're the main things that I've taken from food and drink. Is there anything else you've taken from the food and beverages? Yes, so there's... Apparently, people have said that everything looks a bit like otherworldly, which is great, but tastes like normal food. Oh, that's good. So nothing's too amazingly crazy okay but the popcorn mm. is like uh i'm not it's not sweet and salty it's sweet and spicy sweet and spicy yeah and people have said that you have to eat it together okay so it's like purple and red dust and people have obviously tried okay we're gonna try the spicy one now we're gonna try the sweet one apparently they don't taste great by themselves oh, okay. and the spicy one for some is too spicy by itself okay but if you eat them together it's pretty good the popcorn also comes in a brown paper bag yeah. Which is not Disney branded. And then also, just quickly while we're talking about no branding, the pins don't say Star Wars on them. Like, on the paperback. Yeah. It's just oh. pin. Yeah. And you're like, yes. I think that's... I think I'm kind of proud of Disney. For restraining from, from putting rest- the name on everything. Yeah. Because nothing has... Obviously, I think the only thing they couldn't get... A, like, they couldn't pass was the barcode stickers on the back of items. Yeah. They do say disney they do have the disney logo on them because i do think there's only so far you can get with being like we're not a company you're in a alien planet kind of thing true but that's the only place i've seen the disney logo in all of batu is Mm. on the little is the tiny teeny tiny little walt disney logo on the back of barcodes cute yeah i suppose we're already on to merch now so oh yeah that's all i really have to say about food as well fair the blue milk and green milk is apparently i'll try them yeah uh, they're eight dollars bi- a uh, glass, and yeah. people have said that the glasses aren't that big. But they're also, do you want a big? See, I don't think you'd want a big glass. You know what I mean? It's going to be hot, especially because most people will get both. Yeah. So, anyway, as more things come out and as more things are tailored, we'll hit you up on them. So yeah, now moving on to merch. 
I think the merch is just so exciting because I was really intrigued as to how they were going to do merch that wasn't Star Wars branded. Yeah. But now I understand. So when you go into the Black Spire Outpost, you go into the market. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you have is the place where you can buy like outfits. And all of these outfits are very expensive and you cannot wear them in the park. Can you definitely not wear them in the park? Batuu has the same rules as all Disney parks do. If you're under 14, you can dress up and you can cosplay and you can wear costumes. If you're over 14, you cannot. You can Disney bound, but you cannot cosplay. Because the things that they had, like there was like a, for lack of a better word, like a puffer jacket. And the cast member was like, you can just wear this over whatever you wore to the park. Uh, that's what I've seen online and that's what I've heard everybody say you cannot cosplay and some of some of the clothing items in there would be technically seen oh yeah fair enough but now I'm just confused because no 100% though but I've seen that video from that cast member and then but I've also read all those things about not being allowed to wear things yeah so I'm like "Mm, I don't know but anyway they're very expensive but they look really cool they do and if you were interested in cosplay I know a lot of people who cosplay like to make their own things yeah but if you really just want to get it like really authentic you can't get any more authentic than but two true Apart from hopping on the Millennium Falcon yourself and zooming away. You also have Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, which is a store where guests can purchase Jedi or Sith artifacts. I want the cube thing. Oh, yeah. I can't think of the name of it, but I want the cube <laughs> Don't thing. Don't ask me. There's two... I'm going to say, like, with the, <laughs> without writing everything down on a massive notepad... It's going to take a while to get... Yeah, it's going to take a while yeah. to get used to what everything's called. I like that you can buy all the hilts as well yeah. of the different lightsabers. I really like that. That was pretty cool. But then you can also go into... So there's Bina's Creature Stall, which is where you buy all your animals. Mm-hmm. So there's those monkeys that sit on your shoulder, which They're are like cute. banshees. They're cute. They're pretty cool. I probably wouldn't get one. They're a bit scangly. I don't really know what I'd do with it. But you can buy a pork puppet. Which that every cast member had. But I think I want one. But then there's loads of other creatures in there as well. And they're all like really cute. Mm-hmm. And then you can also go into Toydarian Toy Shop. And I think this is my favourite part of the merch. So when you, know, when you go into a Disney store, you've got action figures and you've got black series and all these like metal things of like toys, uh, Toy Story. Stormtroopers and Ray and yeah, kind of and everything. So obviously, Impa too. They don't have action figures and all that sort of stuff. So how do you sell? How do you make money? How do you make merch? How does Disney make merch? So so exciting, guys. They have made the story of this. I think it's a woman. I think who has never seen. Ray and Kylo Ren and C-3PO but has heard stories of their travels and has heard stories of the rebel spies and how they've defeated the dark side and all that sort of stuff and she has made herself these little plush figures so they're not pristine looking they look like they've been hand sewn they look very Etsy they do look very Etsy but that makes them so authentic yeah and she's also made these little wooden figures that of C-3PO and R2-D2 to the best of her knowledge, even though yeah. she doesn't really know a lot about them. So she can pass on the message of these stories to children of Batuu. And that is how Disney make money in Batuu. Yeah. I will say a lot of the stuff looks very... The pins are very expensive. All the pins are like up around $15, $16. Yeah. Very pricey. But, you know. No, I know. It's Disney. But then again, also like the pins, they don't have... Disney Star Wars written on the pin. No, by the backing paper, it just says pin. Yeah. And then it says pin exclusive. Yeah. What I like about the stores and the kind of layout, they're all quite small stores, but they all sell different things. Yeah, it's not a lot of repeated stock. No, so there's like a clothing store, there's the animal store, the toy store. There's one that has a lot of kind of stuff, like if you wanted to be part of the first order, there's a whole store where you can get bloody loads of stuff for that. So I like that everything yeah. is quite separate and it kind of encourages you to go into every shop because it's one thing that does drive me a little bit insane in most Disney parks because it's the, the same, same stuff, stuff in every single shop. Yeah, and that's not what you want. I want 20 shops of different stuff. Exactly. I like spending money, Disney. Exactly. Give me more things to spend money on. Exactly. Don't just give me the same five things. No. But yeah, that's that's most things to do with Galaxy's Edge. I'm incredibly excited to get to see it. Just one thing I'd like to mention. I yeah. don't know if anyone's wondering about how the wristband system worked out. And if you did overstay your time. 
basically you, they're just looking for different coloured wristbands. Yeah. So group one gets red, group two gets green. Mm-hmm. If by the time group two has gone in, group and they've so they know that now there's two groups in there, they just start looking for red wristbands. Yeah. And cast members just there's no it's not pushy, it's not nothing. Cast members just go up in a very Batu manner and they're like, Oh, I see you have a red wristband. I believe your time in Batu has ended. I suggest you leave before the stormtroopers catch you. Yeah. And apparently they're all very chill about it though. There was a guy online who'd been like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry like just genuinely they just completely lost track of time. Like they, it was twenty minutes after they were supposed to have gone. They were actually just buying things. Mm. And they were like, we're actually just waiting for our friend. And the cast member was like, that's no problem. So as soon as your friend is ready, just please leave. Just yeah. please leave but two. I have heard people say that, so when they first got into the land, they went and did Smuggler's Run. And then literally like two minutes before their time is up, they got in queue for Smuggler's Run again. Right. And they were allowed to kind of go, the whole go way. through it again. So there are kind of like ways around it yeah but obviously that's why they've done their whole wristband thing like i presume the the overlap in times allows for that yeah and also disney aren't gonna kick you out if you're spending money no god no. like if they see because apparently this guy they were supposed to leave at three and they were shopping from three they were, they were shopping from 10 to three until at least 20 past three but they were like going around asking cast members oh i need this for my wife and i'm looking for this and cast members were happily helping them find everything they need when the cast members, I'm sure, saw their red wristband. Yeah. But they're not going to go, sorry, your time's up, get out. Nah. Like, no, I'm not going to find you this mug. Disney want to make their money. Yeah. The mug looks real cute. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I love it. So yeah, so that's how Disney Disneyland dealt with it. Then when the wristband reservations are finished, it's going to become a virtual line? Yeah, it's going to be a virtual queue. So it's going to work similar to MaxPass, as far as I'm aware. So with MaxPass, you can't pre-book it ahead of time. You can only... Once you have scanned your ticket through a turnstile for that day, then you can get max pass. Yeah. And then you can start using it. And it's going to be the same for Batu. So as soon as your ticket has registered that it's clicked into a park mm-hmm. for that day, then you can start, then you can join the virtual queue. So it means that people can't be miles away or people can't have not be in the park at all and reserve themselves a place in the queue and not even be in the park yet. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that's kind of the fairest way to do it. There's still kind of no concrete confirmation as to what world is planning on doing. I know there was a lot of managers in Disneyland just to kind of, I suppose, See. get a feel for how it worked and that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think they'll do the hotel reservation type dealio because... There's too many hotels. There's so many hotels. There's yeah. like nearly 20 hotels, if not more. Mm. I don't think they'll do that, but maybe they'll do it via virtual queue and... I suppose, the, the, I mean, everybody has magic bands, so yeah. surely they can track things that way. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. But that's it for Disneyland Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It looks incredible. Now, I'm sure there's stuff we haven't talked about, and I'm sure there's stuff we could have gone into more detail on. But, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. There's, there is only so much we can talk about before we drive ourselves cracked. If you guys want more information on Galaxy's Edge, there are tons. I mean tons of videos on youtube up about galaxy's edge even from stuff like how to use the disney parks play app with interactive bits with impa 2 and character interaction and do's and don'ts like there's already like do's and don'ts videos of visiting galaxy's edge yeah so yeah there's loads to look at if you guys are wanting some more and i really suggest you do i really suggest you look at at least four or five videos to get a grasp for what galaxy's edge is like yeah even just have a go if it's some even if you might never get over to either of the ones that are going to be, that are in the States. Eventually we'll be coming to Disneyland Paris as well. So just kind of, I suppose, to get a feel for it, it is well worth having a look. Yeah. So I think that's everything really. Yeah. We managed to plow through all the Star Wars content. Yeah. So hopefully next uh, week we'll be back to Disneyland planning. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Bright suns. May the force be with you. (laughs) 